Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Today, we want to talk about products versus plans. So we'll get to the financial products versus the retirement plan in just a moment. But first, let's think about the products that we have in our life. So Rochelle, when you think, let's say you walk into a Target store. Yes. I love Target. Right? I know this about you. I love Target so much. You love Target. You walk into Target and you're going to get three products or, or your three maybe frequently most bought products. What would those be? Uh, makeup wipes. I seem to always go for those. Love those. Um, I always go to the shoe section. Yes. Um, and lately I've been looking for some sunglasses. It's basically for a Halloween costume for a party that's after (laughs) Halloween. (laughs) Love it. That's okay. Okay. So, and do you feel like those products are products you have a lot of, like, do you have a lot of sunglasses? Mm, No. Kind of a thing. No, just, no, I have a lot of shoes. I do have a lot of shoes. Uh, you can never have too many shoes. I just exactly. want to state that as fact, as a known fact. Exactly. Okay, so Merkel, I don't know about Target and you. I'm not really sure. Like, I think I see you as more of maybe an internet shopper. Maybe. Tar- Target's not my style. Yeah, I don't. I, we've In never fact, had- any store is not my style, really. You're <laughs> right. Home, it's, Home Depot. It's, oh, yes. There we go. Oh, there. we found one. There oh. is one store I go to the most. It is Home Depot. <laughs> see? There we go. So when you think products or things you buy frequently or stuff you have like a lot of, what, what comes to mind for you? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is a nice 16-year scotch. Ah. Uh, Lag I don't know anything about scotch. So there's part of me that wants to say, oh, that sounds good. But I don't even know. I can't even recall a time I've had scotch. And I I mean, I I like to drink alcohol and I drink alcohol, but I don't know. I've never ordered scotch. Well, it's not too late. The good news is is that we have some, so... (laughs) You know, hey. it's, it's not too late. It's not too early. It's only 824 in the morning. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we have the day ahead of us. <laughs> Sometime when you open a nice bottle of scotch, I'm going to have to try just a teeny little, teeny little bit. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. So smoky, smoky and smooth. It's going to burn all like the way down. Like a cigarette smoke? It's going to burn <laughs> all the way down. Oh, that sold it. You should try marketing. No, not cigarette smoke. Like a, like a smoky smoke. Like you smoke some ribs. Okay. Like that kind of smoke. Like a... Huh. Nice. I like to eat ribs nice. with Bud Light <laughs> or scotch. Or smoky scotch. Smoky scotch. Okay, so you have a lot of smoky scotch, like several bottles. No, at home? I used to, but I can't find them anymore. Oh. So high V stopped selling them. It's hard to get. Okay. This COVID thing is really getting in the way of, the <laughs> of your scotch. Sixteen scotch. I yes. get it. So no, I don't have. I don't. I have one. Uh, I have part of one. That's it. Okay. Part of one bottle. Oh, that'll be one afternoon. Wait, one morning. Is that the <laughs> bottle that has the deer on it? No. <laughs> yeah, that's all I know about scotch. <laughs> there is. I a think deer you're talking about Jägermeister. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's not scotch, no, right? That no, I've had. Not. <laughs> now that I'm familiar with. It's been a long time, but. Yeah. Oof. But then, yeah, anything at Home Depot. Um, are you like my dad? He buys stuff at Home Depot or wherever, and then he goes to find it, can't find it. And instead of trying to track it down, he just buys another. And then he'll be like, Molly, I've got three, name a wrench or something. He's like, we've got, I've got three of these because I just keep buying them when I can't find them. Yeah, I lose my tools all the time. Uh, okay. All the time. All right. And I then spend more time looking for tools than I actually do <laughs> working on my house. I think my father has the exact same issue. So someday when he... Passes from this world, I will <laughs> inherit find a lot of different sets more, of the same tools. More tools than I will ever need. 
Uh, when I think about products for me, so I did spend some time working in cosmetics, so it's kind of a vice. I have more lipsticks than I could quantify in one day, probably. <laughs> um, and eyeshadows and, oh, gall, moisturizers and all that stuff. I'm kind of, that's what I'm into. I have a lot of it. But you know what I, I prefer to say? That that is my stuff. You know, that's something that's important to me. So when I put it all in one space, how would you guys like, you know, what would you call that when I put my stuff that's important to me in a space? Oh, you mean when you put your drunk junk <laughs> into a drawer? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, no, no, no. The, the, the miscellaneous items that you have no other place for goes a, into a drawer, a singular uh, drawer. Drunk, junk drawer. I, I don't like that term. Why? Uh, well, there's it's been an issue at our house. Um, so uh, the person I live with, otherwise known as my husband, likes to call <laughs> some part of our house a junk drawer. And I say, that's not junk. That's my stuff. I mean, that's our stuff. We share stuff, you know, yeah. or our, our yeah. stuff. And we're not going to call it junk. It's a drawer. Let's just call it a drawer. I don't like the term junk drawer. Because if it's junk, we shouldn't have it, right? What, what would you consider scissors then? That's in my junk drawer. Utilitarian. Scissors are utilitarian. Oh, They're in my so. utilitarian drawer. Okay. Oh, there we go. We have a utilitarian drawer. Let's say that 10 times. What, what happens when you put something together and there's a screw left over? You don't want to throw the screw away, so the screw goes into the screw drawer. Uti utilitarian drawer. Oh, I exactly. put that in my tool bag. The screw goes with <laughs> the other <laughs> screws. The other screws. The other miscellaneous screws. With the, that go in a tool with box. the miscellaneous screwdrivers yeah. and the scissors and the lighters all in the trunk drawer. I could also make this argument, and I'm now putting on my husband's hat and pretending I'm him. He might say some people would walk into our house and think the entire thing looks like a junk drawer. <laughs> 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 because I've got four young children, and let's just say it has a very lived-in look to it. A lot of fun happens in that house. A lot of... Um, a lot of fun. Some people may call that disorganization. I like to call it life happens in this house. So yeah, when you live in that, money, that much life and have that much fun, well, there's no time to pick up, right? You're just always having fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you can see the two different opposing views that happen uh, in the dynamic, which is my life. But back to junk drawers. Clearly, a lot of people can associate with a junk drawer because they do have them in their house. It's where all this stuff goes that you don't have a, a place for it right at the time. Or you want to get it off the counter, so you throw it in a drawer. A lot of times, Lauren, we've had conversations uh, with families about that junk drawer of financial products. Let's 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 take this concept and keep going. When you talk to people about the junk drawer, they can really relate to that. Why is it? Well, they can relate to it because just like things accumulate within your junk drawer, you have this miscellaneous screw that you don't know what you want to do with it right now. Where's the home for it? But you don't want to throw it away, so you throw it in this drawer, and then then it's an easy place to 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 gather your scissors or the screwdriver. Same thing with investment products. As you go through your life and you raise kids and you're, you try to put your kids through college, you, you get the kids out of the house a couple times, you, uh, you're buying a house, you're paying off the mortgage, you're living life, <clears throat> you accumulate things along the way as far as investment products because at the same time you're trying to do all of, the, of these things that you're trying to accomplish in your accumulation years, you also have your eye on the prize that's 30 years away, which is retirement. 
And you know that you're going to have to save a little bit along the way in order to do that at some point in order to retire. And that's where you accumulate this junk drawer of retirement savings. So you, you might have some mutual funds in this 401k plan from a job you had 20 years ago. You might have an IRA. You might have a Roth IRA. You might have a CDs at the bank. You have your savings accounts, maybe at a couple different banks. So you have all of these things. And then you wake up one day on the doorsteps of retirement and you realize that you have to start using all of these different things together to provide this lifestyle that you're going to want to continue to live when the W-2 earnings stops. So you, most pre-retirees end up in, in this one place where they, they realize they have all of these different things. It's their junk drawer full of investments. And now it's about how do all of these different things work together to produce the best lifestyle that they can when the W-2s go away. So Lauren, as a certified financial fiduciary and a certified financial planner, you sit down with people every day and your job is to take all of that and it's not really junk. It's again, it's their stuff. See, my concept here is working. It's, Your concept is right on. It's, there it's, is nobody that ends up on the doorsteps of retirement and saying all their investments, right, that's in four or five different locations is junk. It's their stuff. It's the fuel that's going to get them through retirement. Yeah, and it's important. It's what they, they work so hard for. So when they first kind of... Um, get to know Merkle retirement planning, kind of get to know our process that we use to help people turn all of those financial products into a retirement vision. Do you find that before they've started the process with us, they think that those products are a retirement plan? We've always been taught that our products are our retirement plan. When we teach these, these um, in-person workshops, one of the questions I ask is, is what have we always been told about our investment products or what have we always been told is our retirement plan and 90% plus percent of the time people respond it's their 401k plan or it's their savings because that's what we've always been taught the 401k plan the the $250,000 in in a save, savings account or an IRA that is what is going to get us through retirement where in reality that is the engine to your vehicle that is the engine to your vehicle but you can't drive a vehicle with just an engine you still need the frame you still need the bumper the steering wheel, the, the gas pedals, the brake pedals, you need all of that, that that works together and it has to be synchronized in order to really have an effective vehicle. It's no different with retirement. You have to have all of these different pieces of your vehicle working together. The investments are the engine, but then you still need a tax strategy. You still need an income plan. You still need long-term care mitigation. When everything, when, when your last days have happened, where does everything go in the most efficient way? That's your legacy plan. And then you need an investment plan to help really fine-tune this engine to make sure you get the most out of the fuel you put into your vehicle and you can get to the place you're trying to go in the most efficient and effective way. I recall a team member here at Merkle Retirement Planning telling us all a story about a couple that a family that had come to Merkle Retirement Planning and they'd been dealing with an accumulation advisor for several years and it was almost time for retirement, that, that exciting, that big day. And they said, okay, now what? And the accumulation advisor said, well, we turned the faucet on. Yeah, they, they were asking, where do we get the income from, right? Because they have this junk drawer full of products, including Social Security, which they didn't know at the time. They had up to 81 different options with just Social Security alone. 
And they asked the advisor, where do we get the income from? We need some income. Where do we get it? And the advisor responded, well, we just turned the faucet if on. If only it were that simple. Then plumbers, <clears throat> oh my. plumbers, a very important part of our society, plumbers could also be financial planners if it was as simple as turning on the faucet. Don't we wish it was that simple? But but it's not. No, it's not that easy. And if you, I mean, you, you have, you worked for 30 to 40 years, you've sacrificed, you've been disciplined and saving, and now you have this, this finite amount of money that needs to last for the rest of your retirement, you want to do the best you possibly can with those resources to to enable the best lifestyle, your best retirement vision as you can. And the way to do that is to have an organized, customized retirement plan. So now let's dive into the pieces of the customized retirement plan. What should be in there? What should you be talking about with your retirement planner? And first, Lauren, is the concept of income. And I find this really interesting because in retirement, Income's a lot different. So when we're working, we're used to getting a paycheck once a month, every two weeks. We, we typically kind of know what our income is going to be. And it's typically, unless you work for yourself, decided by someone else what your income is going to be. Well, then the shift to retirement income is a lot different. It is a lot different. And you have a lot more control over where the income is going to come from. Because if you've done the planning and you've saved money, you're going to have different resources. Maybe you have a pension. Maybe you have Social Security, maybe you have an IRA, maybe you have a brokerage account, maybe you have a savings account, you have all of these different vessels of which you can turn the income on from, but now it's a matter of how do they all work together. And oftentimes the income plan is also mistaken for the retirement plan. This reminds me of a conversation I had recently with an individual. He, he came to one of our workshops, and then he came in for his uh, complimentary analysis, and we were talking. He walked in, he says, Lauren, he said, I feel really good about my income plan. He said he spreadsheeted it a hundred different ways. He's an engineer, right? He's, he's <laughs> very detailed. Sure. Very detailed. He said, I feel really comfortable about my plan. He says, but I feel like something's missing. I just feel like something is, has been left out of this. So we started talking, and uh, we agreed that we want to work together to build his comprehensive, complete retirement plan. And at the end, I was talking about the differences between an accumulation advisor and a retirement planner. And he said, he just stopped me. He says, I, I know. He said, what, what I didn't tell you before we agreed to work together is I had uh, interviewed four different advisors in this area, and let me tell you, nobody does what you guys do. Uh, and that made me feel really happy from a standpoint that he understands the difference between retirement planning and accumulation planning. And then we, we started working through uh, when we first met and how he had spreadsheeted his income plan a hundred different ways and he felt really good about it. But what he realized is he was missing all of the other components because he was missing the tax plan and he was mi missing the long-term care plan. He was missing the legacy plan. All of those different components go into it. So the income portion, because it is so comprehensive all by itself, because you do have these different levers of where you can turn the income on. I mean, if we analyze Social Security, it is a daunting task to try to figure out what are, which are the best options for you, especially if you're married, which are the best options for you and your spouse. And then you throw all this other stuff into it. So it's very easy to get confused in developing an income plan an investment plan, a legacy plan, all these different plans that need to go into the comprehensive retirement plan. So let's talk about taxes now, Lauren. One thing I've heard you say several times, and, and it makes sense even to me, <laughs> is that you can have, you know, X amount. So let's say you've got some amount that, that you've been dreaming of for retirement. You get to a million and you're ready to go, or that's what you think. Well, you have to look at how that million dollars is saved because that million can really erode fast 
if it hasn't been taxed yet. Well, visualize with me for a minute. Just just visualize a pie, right? Thanksgiving's coming up. So what's your favorite thing at Thanksgiving? Apple pie. Apple pie. Okay. So I know most people like pumpkin. What? what? Apple pie? I'm an apple pie. Okay. What's your favorite? Pumpkin. Pumpkin. There you go. Pumpkin pie. Okay. Well, we're visualizing our respective pies. <laughs> All right. So you got your pie. <clears throat> and that pie consists of your million dollar pre-tax 401k plan or million dollar pre-tax IRA. It doesn't matter. It's all the same from a tax perspective. How much of that pie do you actually get to eat? Not as much as I probably would like to. You don't get to eat the full pie because when you when you cut it up, you get to take a slice, and then Uncle Sam gets to take a slice, and then the state that you live in, if it if it, it has state taxes like the state of Iowa, then it takes a slice as well. So you don't get to keep that full pie. Now the whole part of the whole benefit of tax planning is. The idea behind it is you get to try to keep as much of that pie as you possibly can. If you don't engage in active tax planning, then you're going to get stuck with whatever you get stuck with. But by being very intentional by and incorporating tax strategies like Roth conversions, like tax harvesting, uh, like contributing to a Roth versus a pre-tax type of an account, you can you get to consume more of your pie than what you would if you just haphazardly continue to contribute to accounts or don't do any uh, of the effect of tax planning. And let's talk about too, if your pie is a little smaller than what you maybe had envisioned. So you're getting close to retirement or maybe your body's getting close to retirement or your mind is, but you look at the number and you're like, oh, I just don't know if that's enough. The good news is if your pie is smaller, sometimes when you incorporate uh, other parts of the dessert, <laughs> I'm trying to keep our pie analogy going. When you have the other pieces, you know, social security and pensions, all of the sudden the picture looks a lot better. Well, the pie isn't nearly as good without a little, little whipped cream on the top, right? So the social security, the pensions, uh, if you incorporate that into your income planning, now it's going to impact what you do from a tax standpoint because social security is tax favored. Up to 85% of social security is subject to tax as opposed to 100% at ordinary income tax like your IRA and your pre-tax 401k plans. Pensions are taxed like IRA money, so it's at ordinary income. Um, so you need to incorporate all of that within your tax plan. Every 1231, every December 31st that goes by could be a wasted opportunity if you're not engaged in tax planning because the most effective tax planning strategies you have to do by the end of the year. You don't have until springtime when you file your taxes to do a Roth conversion. With tax rates at historical lows, now is the time. I mean, this year we've almost all the reviews that we have done, we're engaging in some kind of tax conversation. Now, the tax plan may be to do nothing this year. So one of the meetings I had had uh, just this week, our, we went through the entire tax analysis and we decided intentionally we weren't going to do anything additional this year from a tax plan standpoint because it didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. They were going to be in the 24% tax bracket this year, going to be in the 22% tax bracket next year, and they were going to dip down to the 12% tax bracket the year after. So why not wait till we get the 22, maybe even the 12, before we start paying taxes on money that we don't have to pay taxes on right now? Uh, but there are many people that are going to be in a lower tax bracket now or the same tax bracket now than what we anticipate down the road. And that's one of the retirement myths that we talk about all the time when it comes to tax tax planning is what we've also been told 
over all these years is defer taxes, defer paying taxes on this money as long as you possibly can, because when you retire, you are going to be in a lower tax bracket. Now, for many people, that's true, but for also many people, that is not true. And that's the analysis that needs to be done. What does your tax bracket future look like? Now, that's assuming that tax brackets stay the same. Most people feel like tax brackets are going to increase. Now, we don't know that for sure, but we do have a high confidence level that tax rates are probably not going to decrease. So if we work off the assumption that tax rates will stay the same, not even go up, just stay the same, and you can pay the same rate on your money now as what you're going to be able to do five years from now, six years from now, then it does make sense in many cases to start doing Roth conversions because you pay that same rate now, but then you have all of these years for that money to grow tax-free as opposed to waiting five years, six years from now, you're going to pay the same rate, but it's going to be on a bigger taxable balance because that growth that you had over the last five to six years didn't grow tax-free, it grew tax-deferred. So the, the question that needs to be answered in your tax analysis is, what does your tax bracket future look like? And does it make sense to start engaging in tax planning right now? Or does it make sense to defer the tax planning until a later date? But that is all what goes into your tax plan. Do people sometimes execute those Roth conversions while they're still working, or is it best to do it those first couple of years in retirement? The question while you're still working is, does it make sense to do Roth conversions? And and the answer is yes. Many people do engage in Roth conversions while while they're still working. But for some people, it does make sense to wait till that first calendar year after they retire. That's another myth, too, is people say, I'm too old. I'm already retired. I don't have enough time. Well, you're most people anticipate to be retired for 20 to 30 years, meaning you still have a long time to, to enjoy the tax-free savings involved in a Roth. You just have to make sure that you're not paying too much tax on it when you're doing that Roth conversion, and you're going to have enough time to make that tax-free growth work for you and overcome the, the pain and the, the expense of paying the tax right up front. What we're talking about today is turning your financial products into a retirement plan. So we can't talk about taxes and income without talking about legacy, Lauren, because you talk about the Roth conversions and maybe even doing Roth conversions once you're in retirement. And right away, I thought, well, for people who have legacy ambitions, it's it's not too late to, to do that conversion, for, especially for those legacy ambitions. Well, the benefit of having tax-free money is that you get to use that tax-free money and you get to benefit from the power of tax-free money while you're alive. But then when you're gone, your beneficiaries benefit from that tax-free money as well. If we look at how the life plays out or retirement plays out for a lot of retirees is they'll pass somewhere in their, their early to mid-80s. Well, at that point, their kids are in their late 50s, early 60s, and they're probably in their highest wage earning years. So you pass away and you leave them $500,000 of taxable money at their ordinary income rates, especially with the SECURE Act passing, meaning that if it's in a, if you have $500,000 in an IRA, now they have to have that money out within, within a 10-year period of time. And when they take it out, they're taxed at their highest ordinary income rate, probably in their highest earning years, it may not be the most efficient way to pass on that $500,000. As opposed to, they receive that $500,000 in a Roth IRA, they still have to have it liquidated within the 10-year period of time, but anytime they take it out, it comes to them 100% federally tax-free. So another product that people are very familiar with and often accumulate during those working years is life insurance. So again, we know we can turn life insurance into many parts of your retirement plan, but Lauren, let's talk about the legacy ambitions. How could those work together? The life insurance is a part of the overall legacy plan, but by the way, it can also be a part of the income plan. And that's an important distinction too, is that each one of these 
components of the plan and the products can have overlapping impact on the other one. So it's, it's all, and this goes back to the coordination of all these products into your plan to make sure that works the best for you. Uh, and there's multiple types of life insurance. So if it's a term life insurance, there's no cash value. It's not going to provide any income for you or have income potential. It's strictly a legacy type of, of, of situation where you want to pass on a certain amount to your beneficiaries, or it could be a protection mechanism where you have a mortgage, $200,000 mortgage. So you take out a $200,000 term to make sure when you pass, your spouse has adequate income uh, or resources to pay, uh, pay off that mortgage or other types of debt. Uh, if you have a cash value type policy and a lot of high net worth individuals use life insurance for investing because the money grows tax-free, essentially, if you use use it the right way, you take a policy loan out and you don't have to pay taxes on it because it's not, it's not a distribution, it's a loan. Uh, so you can use life insurance, certain types of life insurance uh, f- as, as income, as a part of the income plan. And then there's newer life insurance products where you can actually use that as a long-term care hedge, meaning that if you need $10,000 a month for long-term care 10 years from now, then you can turn that life insurance policy, the death benefits, into long-term care coverage, meaning you can advance the death benefit if you have a $500,000 life insurance policy. You can take up to 20% or something around there, depending upon the type of policy you have. You can take up to 20% of that death benefit, so $100,000, and you can use that to pay for long-term care if you want to. So there's a lot of different types of life insurance that's out there that can incorporate within each one of those components of the plan, whether it's the income plan, long-term care mitigation, or also the legacy planning aspect. And another product that a lot of people have accumulated during their working years that they need to turn into their retirement plan, Lauren, is what stocks, bonds, what Mutual else? Mutual funds, ETFs, master limited partnerships, commodities. Uh, there's all kinds of different product that's out there. And this is what most people are thinking is their retirement plan because this is that sexy stuff, right? This is the stuff that you see go up when the market's going up. You're really happy. This is the stuff when we, when we encounter a March of 2020 that goes down drastically and it's not so much fun. It creates a lot of pain and anxiety. It I going to be able to retire? Am I going to be able to deliver the income I need? This is what most people are thinking is their retirement plan, but it's, it's these products that you need to incorporate within your retirement plan that will have an impact on each one of those five components, each one of those five guiding principles. It's going to impact how much you can, you can leave uh, from a legacy standpoint. It's definitely going to impact the, the amount of income you can receive at point of retirement, but also 10, 15 years into retirement. It's going to impact your emotional ride through retirement. If you have uh, your product, your investment product aligned with the markets, then your lifestyle, your emotional roller coaster is going to be very much synced up with what the markets do. Um, So it's a matter of how do you create this recession resistant portfolio where you don't have to ride on that market roller coaster in retirement. That's something you do when you're 30 and 40. But when you're 60, you don't want to have your lifestyle go up and down with the market. You don't want to have your anxiety levels go up and down with the market. So it's a matter of how do you organize those with, to take the right amount of risk that you need to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, but then also have the emotional roller coaster ride that you are comfortable with throughout the course of your retirement as well. And we know that your products are unique to you. And so is your retirement vision. So there's a really great opportunity to talk about what you have in your junk drawer or 
more appropriately, your lifetime savings, your working years. It's the 15-minute retirement checkup call. It's complimentary, and you can sign up at MerkelPlan.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E Plan.com. You'll get right on the calendar of the retirement planners here at Merkel Retirement Planning, and you can schedule your complimentary retirement checkup call today. We'll continue talking about all of the aspects of retirement and meeting your retirement vision on this podcast. It's Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. So let's talk about some of the pieces of that customized retirement plan. Really? What's happening? I don't know. All the smoke. All the smokiness. Smoke from that scotch that I drank. I think you need some scotch to wash everything down. I'm trying to think of a hat pad. Scotch. Listen, what do they drink in the South a lot? What's that Jack Daniels whiskey? <clears throat> Moonshine. Moonshine. Ten- <clears throat> Tennessee Smoky Mountain Moonshine. From the South. Moonshine and Stogies. <laughs> Cigar. Cigar for you, Molly. Cigar. <clears throat> Use one of those lighters in the junk drawer. <laughs> light, light up the cigar. It's my stuff drawer. Stuff drawer. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go into income. 